Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we continue our look at the New Age, UFOs, and the Cosmic Christ with author Sylvia McKelvey. And Josh Davis will share his latest One World Update. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Our next Clarity to the Chaos Conference is only 11 days away, March 3rd and 4th at Boone's Creek Bible Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. Come hear insightful presentations from Dr. Greg Patton, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Micah Van Huss, Josh Davis, Dr. Scott Stripling, Dr. Ken Copley, and Dr. Lonnie Shipman. Registration is open and space is filling up fast. Reserve your seat today by visiting the events page of our website, swrc.com, or simply call 1-800-652-1144. And for our West Coast friends, we'll be with you for a special one-day conference Saturday, March 11th in Upland, California. Get the details on all the conferences on the calendar by visiting swrc.com and click on Events. Now, let's join Pastor Larry Spargimino and his guest, Sylvia McKelvey, as they continue their look at the storm on the horizon. In our previous program, we were talking about the book Storm on the Horizon, the New Age, UFOs, and the Cosmic Christ. Sylvia McKelvey is the author, and she's back with us. And at the end of the last show, we ran out of time. She was telling us about an encounter. So, Sylvia, thank you for being with us once again. And let's pick up where you left off, or maybe give a little backstory in case some people didn't hear the previous program. Right. Um, as a UFO investigator, um, a Christian myself, I also had a sighting. My husband and I saw orbs, like it has been reported. And what I was discussing in this last radio program that we have going on here, I was explaining that after the sighting, which is not unusual from many other reports that I've taken or heard of, that sometimes things will start happening in, in your house. And that happened to us, that we were unaware of anything really right. unusual. But my cat started to be running through the house, jumping at things that were in the air. And I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what was going on with this cat. So when he started doing that, I eventually got my camera out and started to take pictures for where he was and where he was going. And that's how I ended up getting these pictures of these orbs and right. the swirl of some kind of plasma. These things I could not see with my own eyes. It was only through the uh, digital process right. of the camera that any of that showed up. It, just to continue with that, you know, this is the kind of thing that people thought, oh, maybe she's a little off base on this. But <laughs> I want you to know that this can happen to anyone, Christians included. And there are several Christians that have had sightings. So I think it's something that's like almost a learning process for us. But I didn't, you know, you always don't want to put yourself out there personally for ridicule. But I had to come to the conclusion and even motivation for writing this book with the evidence that I had. If I had to stand before our Lord one day and answer his question, if you had this information, if you had evidence, why didn't you say something? Mm, so I'm saying something. Yes. But going back to that period of time, too, it got to be where it was just an annoyance after a while. And I remember distinctly one day, I just I had enough of it. And I went to the Lord about this. I said, you know, I don't know what's going on here. I'm ill-prepared to deal with it. I don't know how to deal with it. 
but I know you do, and I know your holy angels Amen. do. Hallelujah. And I asked them, please send your holy angel to help me. And then, boom, it stopped. Hasn't happened since. Wow. You know, when um, I, I think of you doing this investigation, you're kind of high profile in the uh, in the spirit world. You're you're kind of dangerous. You know, I'm thinking, well, what do you believe the glowing orbs are? I mean, are they drone scouts, probes, or some other type of maybe information gathering entities checking the earth out before they have a big landing? Well, what, how do you describe the orbs and, and what, what are they? It could be all the above. The orbs are, are very interesting, you know, because you hear about them in hauntings of some kind of energy, balls of right. energy. Mm. Um, you also have them associated with UFOs, similar to what we saw, and um, they've even been seen in space by the astronauts. So the whole concept of what these orbs are, I know, number one, they're definitely some kind of energy. Some people equate them with spirits. They could be a, a number of things. I don't think that we should necessarily want to strike up a relationship with them, but we need to be aware right. of them. In fact, there's so much information about them that I have one chapter that is just about the orbs itself. Sylvia, let me ask you, it may seem a very strange question, but I think it's very germane. I know a young lady who was was home, was in her bedroom. She was in the bed, and she had the feeling that there was someone in the room with her. And as she, she said, the air was very cold. She felt a chill. She felt a presence. She opened her eyes, and she saw this, this glowing being. Now, it sounds weird, but since we're talking about weird stuff, and we know there's another dimension, she said she tried to move and could not move. It was in the room with her. Supposing one of our listeners, or supposing somebody tonight has that kind of experience who knows the Lord, would it help, for example, if they called out the name of Jesus, if they pled the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is so powerful, if they started to sing hallelujah, amazing grace, and what would you tell someone who has had this kind of experience? And I know this lady, she's not a nut. She Actually, she's a nurse in a hospital. She's very credible. But she said, Pastor Larry, she said, I could not move. I was so frightened, and I started... Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. She said, that's the only thing I could think of. And suddenly, it disappeared. Absolutely, and I don't think that's a, a weird report. It happens more than we realize. Naturally, I think sometimes Christians get to be the targets of a lot of these things. Maybe to challenge you, maybe my situation was to maybe stop me from doing my writing or whatever. But uh, we always have to remember that God is the power here, not them. So uh, for anyone that's encountered this or may encounter something like that, certainly uh, rebuking them in the name of Jesus, pleading the blood of Jesus or however you have been taught, that it, it is very effective. I've had reports from people. Christians also, that have had some kind of encounter like that, and they've done that, and that thing took off. Mm. Um, I had someone who told me that they had an encounter with an alien. They started calling out to Jesus, and the alien took off, Mm. did not want anything to do with her. So there is something to that, that they understand what Jesus is and don't want to push the envelope on that one. Right. You document so much evidence of UFOs over the decades. So have you drawn some specific conclusions as to 
what their particular agenda is? Yeah, I think the agenda from the beginning was to get them to be an agenda and um, to have people be aware of them. Like I said, to develop an opinion where you think they're saviors or a challenge to us, but in all aspects, they want to be acknowledged. With all the sightings going on, we have to say, hey, they want to be seen as well. Because I think that is going to play into what this coming together on a global basis is going to be about. I do believe they are going to place into that in some regard. Of course, what that is is unknown at this point, but I think for us, especially as Christians, to be aware of that possibility so as to not be deceived by that. If they decided to come one day and say, hey, I'm your Savior, we're going to know different than that. I do believe that it will be used in this global coming together where we have a centralized global government. They most likely could be the enforcers of such a government. I think, I'll tell you a story, it's a true story. I have a friend who spent many years as a missionary in India. When he went to India, some of the local pastors said, you know, we're afraid of American missionaries because they really don't believe the Bible. They don't believe in the spiritual entity and spiritual warfare. In fact, they even said, and listen to this, this is, this is what this guy was saying, that American missionaries are a secularizing influence because they have a non-biblical world view. In other words, they don't believe in this other dimension. I think, you know, Ephesians 6.12, where we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, we're not, our battle is not with Vladimir Putin or President Xi, although they're bad characters. They're just useful idiots for these demonic beings. As I think of that, you know, to think that American missionaries are a secularizing influence, and the more I think about it, I, le- I read a lot of books, ones I like, ones I don't like, and I think we, we do not realize the immensity, the proportion of the forces that are, are filled with darkness, filled with hatred, destroying the family, destroying marriage, cutting parts of the body off, the transgender craze. I think this is demonic. And people, when I tell people like that, a lot of people go, well, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yes, I am. And it's not a theory. I believe it's really happening. There is darkness out there. So do you think that many American Christians have just really missed it? And and why would this Indian pastor say that American missionaries are a secularizing influence? That that blew me away. And I think I, think I know why. I think we, we have a real problem in our churches right now. Number one, the churches aren't preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're, in, we're not getting the meat of the Bible. Yeah. And I've seen it in several churches. It's become more of a social get-together and maybe read out of the book of Matthew or Mark. But there's not the preaching that, you know, people sitting in the church are, that are hurting. They've had tragedy in their life. They need to be comforted. They need to be assured of their salvation. And yet we seem to be skipping over that. So in doing that, they're skipping the real reality of what's happening, that, you know, we are challenged by things that are not flesh and blood. Um, And, and of course, it goes on in Ephesians to say that it's principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. So, you know, taking that in consideration and, and reading, you know, in the book of Daniel what was happening then, we seem to have lost track of that as far as what our mission here on earth is. I'm hoping that we will see more of our churches going back to where they're really doing evangelism. Right. 
But I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that we're not seeing the beginnings of the falling away. Right. Let's talk about some of the abduction experiences and sightings of these alien humanoid beings. It seems to me in some of my reading, I don't know if you would agree or not, but you, you are, are the expert. It seems like these beings, if they're seen, for example, in Southern California, if they're seen in Africa, wherever they're seen in the world, they all description is very, very similar. And that would, you know, that would say to me that here are people who, who live in different parts of the world, they have different cultures, and yet they're seeing somewhat of the same thing. So this would seem to indicate to me that there is a uniformity here that there is one source behind this, because they're not, you know, people aren't reading each other's books, especially in these faraway places, and yet there is a similarity. Is there a similarity? I mean, the idea, some of them are called grays. I think their color is gray, and, you know, they kind of creepy looking. What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, When you're talking about just the aliens themselves, you know, we know that we've had similar sightings of saucers, triangles, and uh, different types of craft around the world. Um, And that is also true for aliens. I kind of look at it this way. There are reported differences in a lot of these aliens, and it's sort of like saying there's only one type of angel which we know there are several types, and they have different duties. But you have traditionally the the grays, the tall grays. You have considered Nordics, which are tall, human-looking beings, blonde hair, blue eyes. And then you have some that are really grotesque, like the reptilians. Now, I wouldn't want to see any of the above, but I think that there is um, an interesting concept to that, and it's something I read a while back that one of these individuals who was writing in their book, that they had met one of these aliens and had talked to them. He was in like a very humanoid form, and he basically said to this person, we can appear as anything you want. So Hmm. therefore, I think there is why we're getting reports of all different types. Wow, wow. So what is your take on these different species. I mean, do you think they're actual extraterrestrial sentient beings from other planets or spirit beings? What's your take on all of that? Yeah, I don't believe that they were extraterrestrials from another planet. They've been here a long time. They've been reported in ancient times even. But I think now we're seeing an increase of it where it's becoming more public and they are becoming more public think there's certainly room for different types depending on what their duties are just as we would say with angels so i think these beings these entities um are probably of that same order where they have different agendas but all working together for the same same goal what's been interesting about that also is that almost as in anticipation of having this arrival of these some people think they are sentient beings from another planet But we actually have an organization that's in the United Nations that is forming around the concept of we're going to put a protocol together to treat, to meet these aliens when they do arrive. And there are several scientists now that are saying, uh, as far as the aliens coming here and landing on Earth, it's a matter of when, not if. So they're convinced something's going to happen. You have a a couple of organizations like SETI, which is a search for extraterrestrial intelligence that are actually listening for um, some kind of sound from space that would indicate some kind of ship or 
it's something that is unusual that they can lock into. And then you have on the other side that group called MEDI, which are sending out messages to the universe and hoping somebody would catch that. So imagine if, if something like that had happened between MEDI or SETI, you know, this would be the scientific approval of it. Now, along those same lines, there's also now an organization forming uh, with religious people. I want to say, I don't know if they're all pastors or whatever, but there's a group running that's called, uh, they call themselves the Astro Theologians, and this is a, a real thing, that they are planning how they would evangelize these aliens if they came to Earth and find out if they have the same God or maybe learn about the God they have. Uh, which is, I think, very, very dangerous and open for deception. But the question also arises from that is, if these beings are there and these ministers are trying to evangelize them, would it be possible that we're going to hear a different story? They're going to have a different God. They're going to have a concept. Maybe they no longer need religion. So would it be us evangelizing them, or would they be evangelizing us? There's so many ways we could go, but what about the reports of mass animal deaths? Why mass animal deaths? What does that have to do with whatever these beings are? Yeah, that's actually that's been a reality for a while now that we don't know why we're having so many massive animal deaths. I'm not sure what's causing that either, but the focus has been on animal mutilations, and particularly with cattle. And this right. is a, a long process that's been going on since, uh, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, and, and right. beyond, and maybe before that even. Right. But there's uh, a theory that this is being done by these aliens um, because they need to have blood or they need some component. They're taking organs from these poor animals, mm. and uh, there's, the speculation is, is that they're trying to create a hybrid breed, mm. breed of their own. And certainly we know in science that uh, cow blood is compatible with human blood. It can be used in desperation. We know right. we use valves from animals, our cows. And so that's the, the common theory is that what they're doing is using all of that to create another species. Right. Only have a minute and a half or so. Do you have an idea or a theory on how the alien UFO deception is going to be played out in the future, perhaps in the very near future, like the new year of 2023. Yeah, actually, there's been a lot written on that from uh, people that are non-Christian saying that, you know, to be able to have this centralized government, we need to have some sort of trigger. And, th and they mentioned pandemic as one of them, right. um, economic decline, um, all of these things that we're actually kind of seeing right now. But they think that there would be something like a, a limited nuclear war as then they would step in at that point and put an end to it. So that's kind of like the, the trigger they're looking uh, forward to. And right now, if you look at the state of the world, you wonder how, how possible that is. If, you know, if it could be a reality. So we just need to be prepared in right. whatever form it takes. Well, Sylvia, these are, have been two great programs. I want to thank you so much for, for these two programs and also for, for your book. It must have taken a long time. I mean, Storm on the Horizon, a couple hundred pages, all of the end notes. So you're, you're a real blessing, I think, to, uh, to the community, the Christian community and other people out there who, who really need to put their faith in Jesus because it's only the power of the blood that can control and uh, give us victory over these, these dark forces. Absolutely. I'm hoping that it may be of help to people who have a lot of questions on this. 
Yeah, I appreciate you, you having me on and being able to talk about it. The complete two-day conversation with Sylvia McKelvey is available today on CD. Simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Could extraterrestrials be part of the largest deception ever to take place on this earth? Find out in Sylvia McKelvey's groundbreaking book, Storm on the Horizon. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order by visiting our website, swrc.com. The New Age, UFOs, and the Cosmic Christ are all part of the coming storm. Order Storm on the Horizon today and ask how you can receive free shipping on your order. 1-800-652-1144 or online, swrc.com. Every day, there are reports of the efforts that are being made around the world to bring about a total and complete one-world system. With the latest details on this global push, here's staff evangelist Josh Davis with today's One World Update. Revelation 13.4 reveals the world will be joined in worship during the end times, and they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast, And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? The dragon here refers to Satan, and the beast refers to the Antichrist. You know, I've often wondered, why will people willingly worship Satan? We've got to understand, to worship Satan is to worship self. And with him, immorality of any kind is no longer off limits. In fact, it should be celebrated. So let's explore how we see this mindset taking shape in our world even today. Our culture preaches messages like, follow your heart, whatever you desire, you should pursue. Don't let anyone tell you that you are wrong for following your heart. This is the kind of messages that our culture is penetrating our minds with constantly. And this concept is thoroughly unbiblical and ungodly. The prophet Jeremiah wrote, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, We cannot trust our hearts because our hearts are sinful. Our world does not want to hear that message today. And as the world continues to ignore God's truth, we are plunging deeper and deeper into selfish worship. In fact, we turn worship into a buffet filled with items for our spiritual satisfaction. So we pick and choose who, what, how, when, where, and how much we worship. We feel that whatever decision we make is perfectly fine with the quote-unquote God of our own creation. Even churches can be guilty of promoting this kind of follow-your-heart mentality and ungodly theology. In an effort to be seeker-sensitive, churches have shifted the focus of worship from God to people. So instead of planning the sermons, the music, the services, the ministries of the local church around what would please God the most, what would bring the most glory to the name of Jesus Christ, church leaders begin to think in terms of what will 
draw the biggest crowd, make the biggest impact, get the most likes and views and shares on social media. Certainly, yes, we must minister to people, but our worship must belong to God alone. We are playing right into the hands of the devil and the end times worship mindset if we center our worship and our ministries on people instead of on God. So the end times theology goes beyond just following our heart. Objective truth is thrown out as people are instructed to find your truth, own your truth. This pernicious lie once again centers worship on the individual instead of on God. No longer is God the external source of truth. Instead, we internally decide what is true for us. Those who dare to suggest someone may be wrong are scolded, especially when it comes to issues of identity, morality, eternal destiny. So when objective truth is denied and self is made the center of worship, religion begins to make very little sense. In our day, people are much more willing to say they are spiritual than that they are religious, and so many statistics bear this out. They believe in a higher power, but they see organized religion as an optional accessory to life. So the mindset becomes, if you can find fulfillment in your worship, good for you. If Christianity works for you, great. If atheism works for you, great. If Judaism works for you, great. You do you, but do not tell me what to do. That sounds almost like the beginning of a great Dr. Seuss book, but that's the concept and that's the mindset of today's generation. Allow me the freedom to do whatever I want to do. This end times worship mindset gives everyone the opportunity to be right with the higher power in their own eyes, and humanity should strive to be nice and kind to each other as we seek to live in harmony with one another. That sounds like a commercial, doesn't it? Religion divides, but spirituality unites. Claiming that you have the truth or that you are following the one true God is viewed as wrong and is viewed as almost immoral. In fact, we see a concentrated effort nowadays to bring religions together. Differences are set aside as similarities are emphasized and doctrine is minimized, yet we are not in the end times. This means we still have a window of opportunity to point people to Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There is hope for us to escape the end times mindset and have our minds renewed by God. Reject this world's brainwashing and give your mind and heart to Jesus. And as you see these things taking shape in our world, remember the words Jesus spoke to his people in Luke 21:28. When you see these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Our featured resource today is the book Storm on the Horizon by Sylvia McKelvey. This book answers the question, is there a covert plan for humanity? Order your copy of Storm on the Horizon when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, 
we have the latest headlines from the end times, and Steve Butler will offer the next lesson in our study of why we should explore Bible prophecy. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.